Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The word for this seventh Sunday after Pentecost comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, and they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but cannot, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. April Fang was a Chinese student at Notre Dame, and there she encountered Christianity. At first, she curiously found herself attracted to a young man when she saw him praying at the lunch table. Eventually, she made friends with a couple Christians on campus and was invited to come to church with them. She nervously accepted, and in preparation, she studied and familiarized herself with theological terms like liturgy, Holy Communion, and Nicene Creed, so that she would know a bit of what to expect. As she recalled the first time at a church service with her friends, there was a moment in the service when the whole congregation kneeled for prayer. Everyone, that is, except for her and the minister. She just couldn't do it. As awkward and embarrassed as she felt, her knees just refused to bend. While her head urged her to simply conform and kneel down, her mother's words echoed in her heart, Never, never kneel down to others. Evidently, this injunction included God. Standing alone and feeling rather self-conscious, she raised her head and locked eyes with the pastor, who looked at her respectfully, with no sign of reproach, as if he was just happy that she was there. The seed had been planted. God would take it from there. After the semester ended, April returned home to Beijing and met up with an old friend from high school named Nina. She told her about her experience at Notre Dame and was especially excited to tell her about her newfound appreciation for Christianity, faith, and religion in general. 
But Nina just looked at April strangely and thought that she had been bewitched by her Catholic education at Notre Dame. April found herself beginning to feel frustrated and maybe even angry that Nina didn't understand and couldn't see religion and faith the same way that she had come to see it. In the end, April just looked at her friend in the eye and put her hand on her shoulder, and she said to her own surprise, Nina, God loves you. To that, Nina just smiled awkwardly and maybe gave a short giggle. She took her hand off her shoulder and said dismissively, Okay, April, sure, whatever. And she changed the topic to something that they both could agree upon. As far as I know, Miss Fang is still agnostic about God. Although she gained an appreciation for Christians and saw beauty in the Christian religion, she claims that she has no intention to convert or be baptized. April recognized that there are irreconcilable differences between the Christian faith and her own values, but she conceded that maybe she does believe more than she's willing to admit. The title of this story is Irreconcilable Differences, and in full disclosure, I found it on the diversity and inclusion page of the University of Notre Dame. The realization that April was trying to convey in telling her story is that, quote, I recognized the common beauty of human beings through our irreconcilable differences. This conflicting world, she says, is beautiful, especially when we choose to fully accept it. So, In her mind, it seems that the takeaway is that there's beauty and irreconcilable differences. It's okay that we all uh, disagree, and there's even beauty in that. A pretty generic sort of takeaway from her perspective. And perhaps Miss Fang and I will disagree on many things, and she may disagree with me, and I may be completely off base when I say this, but I think that on a certain level, the thing that she was drawn to about Christianity was God's love for all people. In her interaction with Christians on campus, she must have learned that God loves her, and on a certain level, she seems to have believed it. She even repeated this message to her friend Nina. But for whatever reason, perhaps because of the cares of this world or her upbringing in China or whatever combination of factors, she didn't understand what God's love really meant. As much an appreciation and respect as she might have gained for Jesus and his followers, she was either unable or unwilling to kneel before him. She was content with appreciating Christianity from the outside and remaining irreconcilably different from Jesus. It seems to me from the limited information that I gathered in the story that for her, the love of God simply means that we're all so diverse and different, God loves everybody and We're still able to appreciate one another and get along in spite of those irreconcilable differences. And isn't that just great and beautiful? It's kind of a universalist sort of conclusion about the love of God. There are many such stories like this. Someone hears the gospel and may even appreciate it and find it compelling for various reasons. There are some who even want to believe it, but find themselves unable to, no matter how hard they try. For you and I, as Christians, this can be hard to understand. We may even find ourselves becoming angry or frustrated, like April, when her friend couldn't see Christianity the same way that she had learned to see it. Everyone is different, and sometimes those differences seem irreconcilable. And that can be hard. 
especially when it's someone that we love and care about, a close friend or family member. Some people are fine with letting those differences stand and may even celebrate those differences or say that they're beautiful or whatever. Others are not and would rather see everyone be reconciled and agree on the truth. The parable of the sower is perhaps one of the most famous parables Jesus ever told. It addresses one of the most common questions, that is, how does one enter the kingdom of God? Or maybe more precisely, why are some saved and not others? Why do some, like our friend April, stand in the presence of God even gladly, but still refuse to kneel before him? In the parable, there is one sower and one kind of seed, which is the word of God, but there is a diversity of soils. There is the hard, compact soil on the path. There's the rocky soil that's too shallow for the seed to flourish. The thorny soil, which is full of weeds that choke out the word. And finally, the good, fertile soil in which the seed may grow and bear an abundance of fruit in all sorts of diverse quantities. In one case, it yields a hundredfold, in another case, 60 in another case, 30. I don't think the question we should all be asking about this parable is what kind of soil are you or another person? For all intents and purposes, there are only two kinds of soil, the good soil and the bad soil. The soil that is hostile to the seed in such a way that it cannot grow and bear enduring fruit is like the human heart, which for whatever reason, will not bend the knee to God. The soil that is receptive to the seed is the human heart that is unencumbered and kneels before the throne of God. Jesus explained that the seed is the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom, that's key, since a kingdom has a key before a king before whom we, his people, kneel and worship. The word of the kingdom is sown generously on all people, regardless of how receptive they are to it. This shows us that he desires for all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, but not everyone wants to be saved or even thinks they need to be. He is the king over all things in heaven and on earth, but not everyone treats him as such. When the seed, which is the word of the kingdom, does not grow, it's not the fault of the seed. It doesn't mean that the king's word has no authority, but rather that the king is not a tyrant. He will not bring anyone to their knees against their will. He is just and merciful, but still there are dire consequences for rejecting the rightful king. And that's why it's incumbent upon us as his servants to show the world that our king is worthy of honor and worship. We are to work the harvest field so that even the worst soil would be made fruitful. Rocks and weeds can be removed. The soil can be tilled and fertilized. We can help people who have irreconcilable differences with the king to see that our differences have been reconciled in Jesus Christ. The word of the kingdom is good. The word of God does not return void, but accomplishes the purposes for which it was sent. And sometimes that purpose is to reveal the condition of our own hearts. It shows that we are all stubborn and rebellious people. 
God's law shows us that we have not loved him as we should. We have not always borne fruit in keeping with repentance. We have all ignored God's word at times and neglected it. We have all allowed the cares of this world to choke our faith. We are often shallow and become tempted by sin and the devil. We have often been one or more of these soils at one time or another, but still God continues to sow his word into our hearts in hopes that we will hear and understand and repent daily. People are complicated. We are all quite different from one one another, but even within our own hearts and minds, we find competing forces at work that struggle to be reconciled with each other. For example, you might think of Paul in the epistle reading last week when he spoke of his struggle with wanting to do what is right but finding himself unable to do it. Or remember how when April stood during the prayers, a part of her wanted to kneel, but another didn't. One of those impulses prevailed. Perhaps if she did bend the knee to God, she would know his love differently as her own king. Maybe then she would have seen the beauty of being one with God's people rather than accepting their irreconcilable differences. Who knows? The scriptures often talk about a diverse multitude of saints in heaven from every tribe, nation, and language, praising God with one voice and giving him the glory. But diversity isn't the point. The truly beautiful thing about the saints in heaven is not what country they came from or what language they spoke, but that they were all washed and made clean in the blood of the Lamb. They had put on his white robes of righteousness and and waved the palm branch of his victory. Their diversity isn't their strength, but their unity in Christ is their strength. Whatever irreconcilable differences the saints may have had on earth were reconciled in their Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever divisions and rivalries there are between you have been beautifully resolved by the blood of Jesus. I'm sure I don't agree with Miss Fang on all kinds of things, but I did find her story interesting, and I pray that the seed that was planted in her heart at Notre Dame grows into saving faith in Jesus. He is able to reconcile differences that seem to us irreconcilable. Jesus is able to change a heart of stone into a flesh, into a heart of flesh. After all, that is what he did for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glacier Road, Onoe, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onoe, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.